You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Open your Bibles up. Genesis 37 is where this starts. I'm going to walk around. Is that cool? Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was a son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Verse 5 says, now Joseph had a dream. This is the first moment that we see the dream is given to Joseph by God that would later be fulfilled. But for the first time we see he's revealing a destiny to Joseph. He's revealing a glimpse of what could be. How many of you have had a dream given to you by God? You know it's from him. There's no other way you could have comprehended it, thought of it by yourself. Like, it's a God dream, right? This is a God dream. Joseph has this moment of having this dream. The Bible says this, and he told it to his brothers. I'm going to stop right there. First of all, bad idea. If God gives you a dream, especially if your brothers are involved in it, like, don't tell them. Just imagine that God's going to do it and go, okay, I'm going to keep going. Ready? It gets better. And they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. You got to be careful who you tell your dreams to. Are they spiritually mature enough to handle the thing that God has put inside of you, the destiny, the calling, the purpose that God has put inside of you? Because if they're not, what it will feel like is that they are envious and jealous and wondering, why isn't God giving something like that to me? I have to encourage you to have friends who are spiritually mature enough that you can go to, hey, God has given me a dream to start this business. God has given me a dream to start this family. God has given me a dream for X, Y, and Z. Be careful with who you're sharing your dreams with. And he tells them the dreams. He's an idiot. He's a young guy, okay? He's still figuring it out. They didn't have awakened youth back then. It's okay. He said, there we were, binding sheaths in the field. Then behold, my sheath arose and also stood upright. Indeed, your sheath stood all around and bowed down to me. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. The thing about Joseph is he told him the first time, okay, he made a big mistake, shouldn't have done that, kind of a dumb move, right? I can imagine all of his brothers looking at him, you know, teasing him, bullying him, asking him all these questions, but my guy just, he didn't figure it out, okay? How many of us are like this? We don't figure it out, and we just do whatever we're doing again, right? <laughs> then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the 11, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So God gives him the same dream using different elements. Shows him the same thing. I'm putting you in a position of significance. I'm going to have you be in a position of importance. I have grand plans for your life, right? I know that this may not correlate to like how we see it. I don't have dreams about like being the sheath and, you know, people bowing down to me and the stars and the moon. I dream about like wake surfing and like a 14-point elk walking through. I, I dream about different stuff. But this makes sense to Joseph, okay? God was revealing to him there's a destiny and a plan I'm putting inside of you that I need you to know about. Tonight I believe that there's a dream that God wants to put inside of you that he needs you to know about, that he needs you to be aware of, that he needs you to remember. Maybe it's a promise he's made to you. Maybe it's for the first time he's going to put that inside of you. I believe that's going to happen tonight. Come on, come on, yeehaw. (laughs) I mean, if my brothers came to me and told me this, like I'd make them be dreaming. Like they would have been night night. I would have fight my brothers for sure. So he tells them this dream, puts it out there. You know, what's interesting is Marissa has dreams. And I'll wake up from Marissa having a dream, happy and excited. It's a brand new day. I'm going to go make coffee. I'm going to read my Bible. It's going to be a great day. And I'll look over. Husbands, come on. You know what I'm talking about. I'll look over and she's, hey, good morning, babe. I had a dream. 
oh my gosh, tell me about it. And the things that she dreams about are just so wild, right? Like I, was, I cheated on her and I kissed some girl and I bought a truck without telling her and just like all this, right? She just makes it up. It's completely wild, completely irrelevant. Dreams, when she wakes up from a bad dream, it scares me. But when God gives you a dream, can I tell you that it's always good? It's always good. He can't give you a dream that doesn't line up with his plan, purpose, or calling, not only just for you as a, as a person, because listen, the way that it becomes a God dream is actually when it benefits other people besides you. It should be good for your life. It should, you should look to and aspire and all the desires of your heart, but the way it becomes a God dream is when it benefits everyone else but you. So if God's giving you a dream, can we all agree it's going to be something good for your life, good for what he's doing on the earth? Okay, we all agree, right? Okay, perfect. So now his brothers decide to take it into their own hands. He said, they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Are you being labeled a dreamer? Do you have such a conviction? Are you so compelled by what God has put in your heart that your friends around you, right, the good ones, are they labeling you a dreamer? Oh, there's Pastor Michael again, dreaming about four campuses in the East region. Oh, there's, there's Jesslyn again, dreaming about what youth is going to be one day. Oh, there's Jesse again, dreaming. Are you being labeled a dreamer? I encourage you today to start anticipating and engaging with God so much that constantly you're getting little nuggets from him of what could be, glimpses of what could be, visibility into the future for your life. He says, there, come for, now let us kill him. Escalated super fast, zero to 100. And cast him into the pit, and we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what becomes of his dreams. And they sat down to eat a meal. I'm going to paraphrase. You guys cool? Because that clock's doing the thing where it goes fast. Long story short, his brothers put him in a pit. Some Israelites come by. They sell him off for 30 pieces of silver. You guys tracking with me? You know the story? I have to imagine in this moment when Joseph is in the pit being bullied by his brothers, they want to kill him. They've stripped him of his tunic. They've thrown him into a pit to die. I have to imagine the conversation in his brain probably sounds something like this. Okay, God, you gave me a dream twice. You revealed to me twice what it was you wanted to bring into my life, the plans that you have for me. But this doesn't look like what I anticipated it would look like. I have to imagine even tied up, being drugged behind a camel, having that conversation with God. I'm being drugged to a land that is not my own. I've been sold as a slave to the enemies of my people. I'm being taken captive. This is not, look, okay, God, you gave me a dream, but it's not coming to pass. Where are you right now? And I have to imagine this conversation develops in his mind as he enters into the land of Egypt. You guys good? You think maybe Joseph's going, what in the world? This ain't lining up, bro. This is not making sense. I'm not real good at math, but this isn't equaling up. He's starting to have this conversation in his mind. This doesn't look like the destiny that God showed me for my life. This doesn't look like what you've promised me. This doesn't look like the dream that you've given me. Come on, I've had moments like that. Man, it doesn't look like the dream you've given me. This doesn't line up with what you've told me. This isn't equaling up to the promise that you've made. But Joseph's the man. He gets to Egypt and he chooses to stay close to God. And God positions him in a place of authority. God is with him. And the Bible says this, that everything that he touches begins to prosper. I'm going to read this really fast. You guys ready? Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. This is going to be important. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to do to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. Okay, so he's getting promoted. Okay, he's making more money. He's stepping up the ranks. 
promoted in his house and in the field. Thus he had left all he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Sometimes as you're pursuing the dream that God has given you, God will put you in a position to test you. Can you serve another man's vision? Can you serve another man's house? Can you be in the position where you know my dream is out there and I know that it's coming? I'm believing God that it is, but I'm in a position right now where I'm serving another man. I'm serving his vision. I'm serving his house. And this is so easy for us to understand in, at Awakened Church, right? We're serving the vision of Awakened Church. We're serving the vision of Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. We're serving the vision of Pastor Michael and Lisa. And you have to understand when God positions you in that place, it's not to slow down and to shut up your dream. It's to see if you're worthy of it. It's to see if you're ready for the pressure and the weight of what it's going to look like for your dream to come to fruition. One of the best things I've ever done in my life is serve another man's dream. Is to put my hand to the plow for what someone else was believing for. To decide and to be committed to what someone else was building. Can I tell you, this is how God works. When you commit to that and you learn that lesson, he says, great son, now I'm ready for you to step into what I have for you. Can we learn that together tonight? He's serving another man's vision. Okay, now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Come on, when you got it, you got it. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. She wanted his bod. And she said, lie with me. That's pretty direct. Lie with me. No, like, can we get dinner? (laughs) Like, nothing. Lie with me. But he refused. But he refused because the Lord was with him. And he said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know who is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do such this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. And this girl was persistent. It wasn't just like lie with me one time. I can imagine that she was like strutting through the house, making coffee and like almost nothing. Like, ma- making him do, because he's a slave, remember this? He's doing meaningless tasks for her. She's, like, ringing the little, you know, bell all day. Joseph had to endure the temptation to test his integrity. He had to endure what was in front of him that looked and sounded pleasurable, that looked like the easy, convenient thing to do. But instead, he decided in his heart, because the Lord was with him, he said, how can I do this thing and sin against you and sin against God? On your way to your dream, there will be integrity checks. There will be pulse checks of, are you going to be integrous? Is your character going to be intact? So that when it's come time for your dream to come, I can give it to you with no regard. He passes the test of integrity. When you are on the journey to seeing a God dream come to pass, there will be integrity checks along the way. My guy gets accused of rape, right? Because she knows when he says no to her for the final time, she knows that if she gets caught initiating this, that she's the one who's going to be in trouble. They're going to put her to death. So she cries out and yells rape. And Joseph says nothing. I wonder how many times when we're offended or something is said about us or something that is not true is said about us, how many times are we quick to run our mouth and defend ourselves instead of letting the God that protects us defend us? I wonder how easy it would have been for him to explain to Potiphar, hey, listen, man, this is what happened. But instead he decides that God is my defender and I'm going to be quiet and let him defend me. His integrity remains intact. His devotion to God remains intact. He is falsely accused and sent to jail. I'm going to paraphrase and go really quick. You guys cool? Do you guys know this story? This is a great story. You should be coming up into it soon in year one of the Bible. It's going to be great. He's in jail. Okay, he meets these two dudes. Both of them used to be servants of the, of the Pharaoh. I think one of them was a baker and one of them was a, a wine guy, right? Like the cup guy. My, you know, Joseph, multicolored dream of coats. And he makes them say, hey, when, he, when, they're, when they're in there, he tells, these guys tell him, hey, we've had dreams, right? And he, he basically, you know, 
tells them what their dreams mean. And he says, hey, when you get out, when you're back doing what you were doing before, can you tell Pharaoh, like, hey, like, there's this awesome dude in here. Like, give him a heads up that I'm in here. I'm stuck in jail. I'm, I'm literally rotting here. So he's forgotten in prison. Those guys do not, they do not remember him. They go back to their old lives. They get out of jail. They got their job back. They're living their life. And they forget to mention the power of Joseph. How many of you have felt like you've been forgotten in a prison cell or you've been forgotten when God is trying to get your dream to you? It's an easy thing to feel. God, I feel forgotten. I feel secluded. I feel isolated. I feel like the things that were meant to happen, people forgot about. I feel like the, the, the relationships that I have, they're, they're not what they used to be. I feel like and it goes on and on and on. How many of you have felt that? If you have felt like you've forgotten by God that the dream and destiny he has given you hasn't been realized yet, and it seems like it maybe never will, or that God forgot to give you dreams when he was handing them out. I find it a lot of times, you guys know the analogy of like half cup full, half cup empty, right? So some people are like, oh, my, half, my cup's half full. Some people are like, oh, my cup's half empty. I think there's a third layer, and they're like, think about Eeyore when I do this. I didn't even get a cup. When God was handing out dreams, like, I didn't even get a dream. And it's easy in those moments of feeling forgotten, of feeling secluded, of feeling isolated, to start putting blame on God when he doesn't deserve it. To start putting questions on God of, man, I feel forgotten. I feel like things you told me, they're just, they're just not lining up. What I love about Joseph, the Bible says that he kept his connection to God strong. His devotion, excuse me, his devotion to God, his trust in God remained strong, even though he was led away to a land that wasn't his own, even though he was falsely accused and thrown into jail, even though he did something, let's just call it what it is, miraculous. Interpreting dreams is from God, that's power of God, does something miraculous, and then is forgotten in prison. And I have to imagine the same conversation that he had being tugged along behind the camel on the way to Egypt. I, I bet you that conversation has elevated God, I thought what you had for my life was, I'd have to imagine laying down at night before he'd go to sleep. And I mean, you're, pro you're probably bored in jail, so like a lot of time to think about stuff. But reminiscing and asking God, man, what, what did I miss? What did I miss? Where, where did I take a, a turn left? Like, was this my fault? I'm here to tell you today that God's plan is going to happen no matter what. But you and I get to determine if we speed it up or slow it down. You like that yeehaw. And in those moments of feeling forgotten and feeling isolated, my friends, I promise you, if you keep your connection to him, if you remember what he's told you, if you keep your trust in him, which is where it belongs in the first place, can I tell you that there will come a moment when you will see your dream become realized? He gets pulled out of prison. Finally, the guys are like, yo, Pharaoh had a dream. Oh, yeah, there's that guy Joseph in jail. <laughs> Forgot about him for two years. No big deal. Hey, go grab this guy out of prison. He's going to interpret your dream. Gets pulled out of prison to interpret a dream for the Pharaoh. And I have to imagine Joseph at this point is going like, no, 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 no. Dreams are not my thing anymore. Dreams get me in a lot of trouble. It's been causing me a lot of grief. I'm not, like, I'm not doing the dream thing anymore. Like I interpreted these guys' dreams. That was cool. I'm not going to step into this. But he makes a decision to step out of his comfort zone and to do what God has asked him to do again. So he reveals the plan. You guys know this. God you know, tells him the plan. Hey, for seven years, there's going to be plenty. And for seven years, there's going to be you know, uh, famine. By the way, Pastor Jurgen told us this morning, the greatest famine that the Middle East had ever seen. Serious famine, lack of everything, livestock dying, lack of grain. So Joseph reveals to the Pharaoh the plan that God has for him. My notes got messed up, sorry. So God, in through all of this, 
he's still remembering Joseph's tremendous dream and destiny, right? But it only comes to pass when Joseph chooses to remain close to God, even when he faced an unknown and uncertain outcome. I have to imagine, have you ever wondered about the destiny that God has for your life, right? The things that he's put inside of your heart. Raise your hand if you would love it. This is how I work. If you would love it, if God just laid out like the A to Z plan for your life, that would be legit, right? Okay, young man, it's going to start right here. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. Here's an, and then, and all the things. Does anyone else's brain think like that? Thank God he doesn't do that because my trust in him would not be the same if I knew what the next step was. My ability to lean on him, to believe him would not be the same if I saw the step. So I believe that God does this in Joseph's life on purpose. Say, hey, here's the dream that we're going towards. Here's what I've given you. Here's the destiny. But if I reveal to you what it's going to cost you now, will you have the same trust that you do? Will you believe me the same way? Will you understand that I'm with you and I'm for you? Thank God he doesn't do that. What God doesn't do is give him all the details of how he's going to do it. He just knows that he's going to. I have to imagine for Joseph, too, he's on this, like, emotional roller coaster with God. Have you guys ever been on emotional roller coasters? It's okay. We're all family here. Here's, here's, here's how I imagine it for, for people in church, Okay. Vision Sunday happened, Jake Shooty crushed it. Oh my gosh, my life is going to be epic and amazing and awesome. And I ran out of all the, you know, I had to take three vision cards home. And then Monday comes and you're back to work and your kid gets sick and your boss is being a jerk. And okay, but okay, but Wednesday's coming. Okay, Pastor Sterling preached, it was a great message. My dreams, my dreams, my dreams. And then Friday comes. And God's like, bro, get off the roller coaster. It's time to stop being on this emotional roller coaster, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. If you can remember what it feels like to be up at the top, the lows aren't going to be so bad. If you can remember that at the end of the ride, God has something waiting for you. Come on, the emotional roller coaster that we're on doesn't have to be so bad. Okay, so one day Joseph, man, that clock goes fast. One day Joseph is having dreams of the destiny that God has for him. The next day he's being stripped of his clothes, thrown into a pit, and sold as a slave. We learn something important in the story of Joseph. Even when things are not looking like they will turn out how we had hoped and dreamed that they would, when things are not going how we imagine, God has a knack. He's real good at this. He's the best that there ever was at directing our lives so that the dreams that we have are fulfilled, even though they don't come to pass how we imagined that they would. If we will be more devoted to God. See, here's, the, here's, the, here's what I believe about Joseph. He was more obsessed with his devotion to God than he was about his destiny. He was, he was more dependent on his connection to God than he was with where he was taking him. He was, he was more consumed with the relationship that he had than the rewards that God was going to bring to him. And I think that there's something important for us to learn, right? The Bible talks about forsake all these things. Focus just on this. If you put this first, everything else will be added to you. You all, you all have heard that before, right? What an, a prime example of understanding that when you put God first, those things will follow. What a beautiful example. The plan for Joseph's life become clear because he was devoted to the Lord, had a relationship with him, trusted him, but his connection was everything. You know, we live in a world where technology is crazy, right? Like the things that we're able to do. I got an Oculus Quest for Christmas. It's freaking awesome. The lightsaber battles and stuff, it's very, very cool. That's really awesome. Like think about Amazon Prime, right? You can go onto your phone right now. You can order a shirt on Amazon Prime and it will be at your door like tomorrow night. Like the click of two buttons, right? Maybe three or four. Marissa knows. <laughs> And shows up to your door, right? That's amazing. Like, think about airplanes. Do you guys ever think about airplanes? Like, the fact that humans sit in chairs and fly to New York from L.A. in, like, five hours. That's nuts. That's absolutely crazy. We take that for granted, right? 
In my opinion, this is my opinion, you don't have to think the same way, I feel like FaceTime is actually the greatest invention ever. Imagine, you know, turning on your phone and seeing someone from a world away, hearing their voice, seeing their face. That's absolutely incredible. But it requires a good connection, doesn't it? Have you guys been on a FaceTime where, like, there's bad connection? Dude, it's the worst. And it'll say, like, poor connection. Or their face is frozen and you can hear them. Or their face is moving but you can't hear them. You guys know what I'm talking about? A lot of us are looking for the dreams and, and the rewards and all the things that God's trying to give us, but we're forgetting that it starts with connection. You can't communicate clearly when there's no good connection. You can't communicate clearly when your Wi-Fi is whack. And some of you are trying to get face-to-face with God, to get clarity, to have him reveal to you what that dream is, that vision is, the plan, the hope, the dream, and the destiny that God has inside of you. And you're trying to figure out what your life is going to look like, but the problem is, is that you're lacking the connection. You're lacking the intimacy. You're trying to figure out why your life isn't looking the way you hoped it had, but you have not established a strong connection yet. Your connection will always determine your confidence. I have to imagine that even though there were moments in his emotional roller coaster of the highs and lows that Joseph experienced, I have to imagine that he was still confident because he was connected. You and I, when we make the decision to be connected to God, if that's time in the word, if that's time spent at church, if that's time worshiping, if that's time just meditating and listening to him, can I tell you that there's a confidence that comes with that? There's a confidence and a certainty that comes with spending time connecting to God. And when you're in those ups and downs and it's not looking the way that you think it's going to, how, come on, who's going to commit to? We're going to remember that connection comes first, that we're going to put our devotion over our destiny. We're going to choose to be more connected to God than not think about just the rewards that he's bringing to us. When you are relationally connected to God, things in your life will become clear. They will pan out and they will reveal themselves. Amen. Amen. I got to skip some stuff. Please hold. Okay, you guys ready? This is where it gets good. Hasn't been good yet. The dreams that God gives you will oftentimes end up benefiting those around you instead of promoting you. So the example that I want to use, right, the, the brothers come to Egypt. You guys know the story. There's a famine in the land. Jacob says, okay, go to Egypt and buy some grain and bring it back. And I have to imagine when Joseph sees his brothers, whether they're at like, I don't know where they're at, probably like the top of a palace or like a trademark or like, I don't know, a Walmart back in those days. And he sees his brothers. I can imagine in his heart, he's like, oh, these chumps. I'm the highest ranking official in the land. The army is behind me. I've got guards with swords and spears. I control the food. I'm the genius who put this together with God. And I have to imagine that he has this moment of seeing his brothers. And it would be easy for me to be like, kill those fools, put them in jail, run them over, steal, steal their stuff. And so he goes, you guys know the story, they go back, he says, I'm going to hold Benjamin, they come back, and he has this interaction with his brothers. He thought the dream was about him and his greatness, about his fame. The Bible says this, for these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there'll be neither plowing nor harvesting, and God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all of his house and the ruler throughout the land of Egypt. God gives Joseph a dream that ended up being fulfilled not to make him look great, but to make God look great. Joseph thought that the dream was about his greatness, but literally he ends up saving. I need you to imagine this. Not only his brother's lives, not only his father's lives, but I need you to understand the, the, the... 
the linology, linology and genealogy of who Jacob was. Bible calls God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And from Jacob would come the 12 tribes of Israel. So what Joseph didn't understand in fulfilling the dream that God gave him, his, his brothers did bow down. He was in authority. He, all of that came to pass. But Joseph has this epiphany and has this moment. And he understands that what God was doing was actually to preserve their lives, to preserve the nation of Israel that needed to come. God had a plan for Joseph. He had a plan to preserve what he was building. He had a plan for the future. And I have to imagine that it was hard for him to understand that until it was right in front of him. I believe there's people in here tonight that you're not going to understand the dream coming to fruition, the timing that it did, the way that it did until it's standing in front of you. I believe that you'll have this moment. Yes, it will be good for your life. Yes, God will answer the desires of your heart. Yes, he's got good things for you, but there will be a moment when you look around and you say, you know what it was actually for the city of El Cajon? You know what it was actually for the city of Santee? You know what it was actually for Granite Hills High School? You know what it was actually for West Hills High School? You'll have these moments and it's going to be a beautiful thing and you'll look back and you'll reflect and you'll remember and you'll know that this is a God dream. This is a God dream. If your dream is capable of being fulfilled on your own, it ain't a God dream. I've got to skip all the way to the bottom. Can you guys stand to your feet? I forget that Wednesday's nights are a little bit shorter. My bad. See, the great thing about trusting God with your life and allowing him to give you a God dream is once you've given your life to him, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Once it's in your hands and out of your control, can I tell you that there is such a peace? There is such, the the stress of your life goes away. You get peace where there is frustration. You get clarity where there's confusion. Fear goes away. And what I want to do tonight is we're, we're definitely going to pray for people. I, I want to do some ministry time. God's going to release. He's going to activate. He's going to initiate. He's going to remind. He's going to recall dreams that he's put inside of your heart. Maybe, it's, maybe you've already got that dream, but it's time for you to remember. But if you're here tonight and you don't have a God dream in your heart yet, he's going to give you one. I believe that. But before we do that, with every head bowed and eyes closed, you can't have a God dream unless you have a God. You can't understand how good he is until you know him. You can't understand what it feels like for him to speak to you, to reveal something to you, to highlight something to you, to, to make a promise unless you know him personally. The connection that Joseph had was, was built over years and years, but it started with a simple understanding of who God was, of how good he was, that he says what he, what he, he does what he says and he is who he says he is. And so tonight, I believe, if you're in this room, the reason we ask it at every single service, every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, is because there are more people needing to get God dreams, but there's even more who need to have a God. If you're in this room, I want to ask you very simply. It's very, very simple. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to put him in his rightful place, to make him king of your heart, to put your trust, your faith, your hope in him, to unlock all of the things that he has for you. All it begins with, the Bible says this, that if you believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth, that you will be saved. And tonight I'm gonna ask you to make a decision. Now here's the thing, I can't judge, I can't critique, I can't know what you're believing in your heart right now, but he does. But what we can see is the second half of that where it says if you believe it in your heart and confess it, with your mouth, that he is Lord, that you will be saved. If you're in this room and you want to become a Christian, put Jesus first in your life. Put him in his rightful place. I want you to raise your hand right now. Amazing. Super cool. Love that. 
Hey, listen, he sees you. He loves you. He just wants you to love him. He knows you. He just wants you to know him. That's how it works. We're gonna pray this together. Everyone in the whole building is gonna pray with me. Can you repeat after me and say, right now, I declare everything is changing. From this moment forward, my life is in the hands of Jesus Christ. I release control. I release power. And I say that God is my father. Heaven is my home. And that Jesus is my savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> I want to do this. I want to do this. I believe the reason that I'm here tonight is right now. I believe that there are people in this room that they've had a God dream before. They've, they've had a promise. They've seen a vision for their life. And maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been months. Maybe it's been weeks. And you started to question the same way that Joseph questioned. Man, I feel forgotten. I feel this doesn't look like how I thought it was going to go. Man, I can't see the next step out in front of me, but there's a God tonight who wants to comfort you. Here's what the Holy Spirit's job to do, is to comfort you, to empower you, to encourage you, to reveal to you, to help you remember the things that he's put inside of you, that you do have a calling, that you do have a plan for your life, that there is a purpose, that he's for you, that he's a good God. I want to do this with every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're in the room, and God has given you a dream, something inside of you that is to be unlocked, something for the kingdom of God, something significant, something powerful, something big, and but you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Maybe right now you're wandering through the desert behind a camel. Maybe right now you're being falsely accused. Maybe right now you're being forgotten in a prison. But God has put in you a dream. Listen, I'm here tonight to tell you he remembers what he told you. He's not a man that he would lie. Why would he make you a promise for no good reason? If that's you in this room and it's time to remember, what you're gonna do by raising your hand is you're gonna say, yep, I'm re-engaging what God has promised me. I'm re-engaging this God dream. I'm remembering the thing that he told me and I'm believing no matter how it looks, no matter how it feels, no matter how I think it should go, that I'm still trusting that there will come a day where I'll be standing in the land of the living, surrounded by the things that God has promised me, surrounded with vision fulfilled, surrounded with promises fulfilled. If that's you in this place, I want you to just lift your hand right now. Every head's bowed and every eye's closed between you and God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are a God of promises. You are a promise fulfiller. God, I thank you right now that it's supernatural. Listen, there's a difference between encouragement and supernatural encouragement. Encouragement the world's got. Supernatural encouragement comes from the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you right now that from heaven to earth is coming supernatural encouragement. God, I thank you right now you are reminding people of dreams given to them, promises made, visions seen. God, I thank you that in this house, in this church, God, we are a church who sees what you promise us, the things that you say come to fruition. God, I thank you for testimony after testimony, story after story, revelation after revelation of your goodness in this land. God, I thank you for the hand raised right now. What they're saying is, God, I choose to believe you again. I choose to engage you again. I'm going to put my connection to you over what the reward is. My destiny is not as important as the devotion that I have for you. God, we love you in this place. God, I thank you that you move quickly. God, you move quickly on these dreams, on these promises. And God, I thank you that when they come to fruition, God, you're going to get credit. You're going to get glory. You're going to get honor because there's no way it can happen without you. There's no way we can achieve it without you. Thank you, Lord. If you're in the house tonight and it's time for you to get a God dream, 
It's time for you to have him reveal something to you, to speak something to you. Listen, this is how he works. He works in dreams and visions. He works in the prophetic. He works in revealing things to you through reading his word. He works through worshiping him and him beginning to speak to you and show you a glimpse of what could be. If tonight, if you're ready for a glimpse of what could be, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray together. God, I'm ready for a new God dream. God, I'm ready for new promises made to me. God, I'm ready for you to, for the first time, to reveal the plan, the future for my life. God, and I'm going to say, no matter what comes, no matter what may, God, I thank you that we're going to put our faith, our hope, our trust into you. God, I thank you for supernatural homes being bought. And the name, of, okay, now, now it's flowing. There's someone in the room whose God has promised them a baby and that you haven't seen yet. Who is that person? Don't No one look around no one look around. Yep. God, I thank you right now. Supernatural pregnancy in the name of Jesus. Promises fulfilled in the name of Jesus. I throw every diagnosis to the ground. I throw every synopsis to the ground. God, I thank you for a story of supernatural power flowing now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that the eyes of the enemy are shut in the name of Jesus. Your word prevails. Your word prevails. Your word prevails. Thank you, God. There's someone in here. Uh, there's two people who, who are trying to buy houses. And the way your finances are set up, it just it looks impossible. You've talked to lenders. You've, you've, you've you know, looked at getting a second job. Who are those people? Who are buying houses? That's a God dream for them. Yep, there's one more. Yep, back there. God, I thank you for supernatural land ownership, supernatural property acquiring in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you where things look impossible. I can't even wait to see these men on vision builders on a video. It looked impossible. It looked like it couldn't happen, but God showed up. But God showed up. God, I thank you for supernatural flow of resources and finances in the name of Jesus. Creative and innovative ways to make money are coming your way. Super innovative and creative ways to make money are coming your way. God, I thank Thank you for the right partnerships, the right people to come around you. Where everyone else says no, friends are going to come around to say yes in the name of Jesus. Friends are going to come. I can't wait to celebrate in your house. I even see a, a housewarming party. There's candles in there, and that's probably for your wife. Candles and food and blankets and just a housewarming party. It's going to be amazing. There's someone in here. Is it okay if I keep going? There's someone in here. You've always longed for, like, that friend that you can, like, have a confidant in that like you do your life with, you guys go on hunting trips, whatever that looks like for you. I know that's an interesting thing to pray and believe God for, but I know his voice. You're looking for that friend, that person, that, that partner. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Yeah, I think there's more. I can feel that there's more. Yep. Yep. God does this in the Bible as he brings a Jonathan alongside of David. He provides a friend, a confidant, the person to run with, the person to run alongside, the one to go back and forth. Raise your hands again. God, I thank you. In this next season, a supernatural Jonathan is coming into their life. A friend, God, from out of nowhere. God, who is meant to be a confidant alongside them, who is meant to run this race with them. God, they literally, I literally see them, you guys stacking on top of each other. It's like, how, how high you want to go, sis? I don't know. Let's just keep going. Let's see what God's doing. Let's just keep building. Let's just keep building. Let's just keep building. Let's just keep building. God, I thank you for friendships that are meaningful. God, relationships that are meaningful, that are life-giving, that are God-loving. God, I thank you in this house that relationships are a mark of what you're doing here in the name of Jesus. There's people who want to get married. I'm going to be done after this. This is the last thing. I can sense it. Yeah. There's people who want to be married. You better raise your hand if you're in here and you want to get married. I had to marry into Awaken, so I want you guys to, if you're around these people, shut your hands out to them. Thank you, Lord. 
Can you guys, there, there's like a prophetic anointing in here right now. God would say this to you. I'm a tailor. I understand dimensions. I understand height. I understand width. I understand fabric and color. And what I am tailoring for you right now, listen, daughter, listen, son. I understand that you're excited to try it on. I understand you're excited to take it home. I understand you're excited to, to see the way that marriage feels and to, to see the way that it fits and to, to have the desire of your heart. But listen, what I'm working on for you right now is taking some extra stitching. There's some, de- there's some delicate pieces that I'm working on. There's some buttons that I'm attaching. That's the picture that I see is that he's tailoring for you that beautiful wedding dress. He's tailoring for you that beautiful wedding that beautiful reception, that beautiful grooms, groomsmen and bridesmaids. God, I thank you that in your house, God, you invented marriage. You're all about it. God, I thank you for those who are feeling anxious, depressed, frustrated, even disappointed that their time has not come, that you have not brought that spouse. God, I thank you right now. You are supernaturally bringing encouragement. It's a God dream. Listen, he sees your heart. He sees your desires. He knows. Listen, he just wants to know, can you trust the timing? Can you trust that I've got it figured out? Can you trust that there will be a moment when you look back and you say, my goodness, I'm so glad that I waited, that I didn't trust. Oh man, this is crazy. Stop using dating apps. Stop using dating apps. What you do when you use dating apps is you're saying, I don't trust God enough to provide for me, so I'm gonna go out and find it and look for it. Listen, you don't need to use it. He's tailoring them for you. He's making them exactly for you. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands, everyone in the room. God, I thank you for God dreams, for power from heaven, for supernatural vision. God, I thank you as the year goes, we're crossing things off our vision cards. God, we're replacing them with new God dreams, things that benefit the house of God, things that glorify you, things that make us supernaturally compelling to the rest of the world. We are meant to live our lives at a supernatural setting. God, we thank you for who you are and what you do. God, we bless you. We acknowledge you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no one like you. God, we bless you and we honor you in your house. Come on, can we give God a big shout tonight? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.